We're talking not only one team, but two teams today because our guest pulls double duty here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Washington Commanders Outlook in 2022 with guest David Harrison coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you as usual at the Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. For those of you on YouTube, might have noticed there's another face on the screen as well. That is at the Harrison82, David Harrison, the host of not only Locked On Commanders, but Locked On Bucks as well. David, appreciate you taking some time out to uh, talk not one, but two teams today. Oh, absolutely. Always a pleasure to talk with you guys. Appreciate you having me on. I think this is a first BP. You know, I'm, I'm not sure how to juggle this today. Uh, I'm not. I, I don't I don't know either, man. I, I think we got to start with. <laughs> You're going to be our point guard here, BP. Keep us on track. Day, Matt, we're going to start with the team with the oldest quarterback first and go with the Tampa Bay mm. Buccaneers, who uh, is one of the few players, Tom Brady, one of the few players left in the NFL that is still older than I am. So I'm rooting for him to go forever. I hope he goes until 50 because, it, uh, you know, with, with Breeze going and, and some of these other older players, there's some kickers around the league that are that are pretty old as well. Um, I, I'm rooting for Tom Brady to play forever. I want to start there, David, with those Buccaneers. And, you know, you've seen him up close. And we've all watched a lot of Tom Brady over the course of the last 20 years. You've seen him very close and I'm sure broken down every single play multiple times that he's uh, had as a, as a Buccaneer the last two years. Right. So is there anything that you see that shows his age that you start to think, well, maybe this guy might physically drop off at some point where he just can't play anymore, even if he wants to. Uh, I mean, the only thing that's really kind of showing his age is that he's, he's starting to get bored with it. Right. I mean, that's why he, he almost retired essentially is that there's other things that are more exciting, more important to him uh, than this is. And that comes with having a family and seeing your kids get older and having to miss Certain things That's why a lot of people retire from from what they do. You know what I mean? But uh, other than that, I mean, physically, no. Mentally, no. Like He's still, you know, the most competitive guy. And that's kind of what he talked about when he, quote unquote, unretired is, you know, if he's going to do this, he's going to do it all the way. And he's not going to come in and, and sell the team, you know, half shorter or sell his teammates half shorter or anything like that. He's going to make sure that he can give everything he wants to the game and to the roster. And that's exactly what we expect from Tom Brady is that same intensity, that same competitiveness once he once he gets back on the field. My theory on that actually is he did exactly what you said. I want to go home with the family, hang out, you know, see my kids grow up. And then they said, dad, you're too neurotic and competitive. Would you get the heck out of here? You're making us crazy. So along those lines, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I think that's what happened. I I very much believe that. Along those lines, though, Gronk's going to come back and play with them, right? Yeah, that's the expectation. I mean, I would be incredibly surprised if it doesn't happen. That's what we all think is going to happen. Basically, just Gronk wants to party. Gronk wants to go have fun and do his television spots and his guest spots. And, you know, who could blame him? And when he comes for for training camp, he's going to be he's going to be Gronk again. It might take him a couple of weeks to really get up to full football shape or whatever. But I mean, he's been doing this so long. There's no doubt that he's going to be able to get it turned on when it's time to. They were able to replace some of the losses on the offensive line with uh, with Shaq Mason. 
mm-hmm. at right guard. So that was pretty important, I think, for the Buccaneers because talking about Tom Brady is you don't want pressure in his face. And so that that immediately was the first thing that started to worry me about uh, Tom Brady coming back and, and about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year was losing some players from the offensive line. Um, but I think, you know, just on paper, it's still a really good offensive line. You know, there are some names that maybe have to step up, a second rounder. And, and, and by the way, Luke Gadecki. Gadecki? What's the what's the right? Yeah, way I think it's Gadecki. Actually, it's 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 one of those names that everybody's going to say wrong to a certain extent. He's not yeah. too wrapped up about it, which is good for all of us. But I think it's Gadecki. <laughs> Gadecki. Um, and so I, I still see a team that you, you know last year after the Super Bowl run, they're like, okay, well, let's run it back. And it was like, okay, well, twenty twenty three is going to be or twenty twenty two is going to be probably a little bit different. And it looks like they're trying to you know ride that wave still and and run it back. Is it still sort of run it back mode, or when does it become sort of retooling more so than let's try to keep that Super Bowl gang together as long as possible? Yeah, it's absolutely trying to you know put a wedge in that window and keep it open as long as possible. And like you said, the trenches was really the focus focal point for the offseason when uh, when Ali Marpet retired. You know, a lot of people as soon as Tom Brady retired, everybody kind of looked at Ali's direction and said, "Hey, Ali, you know Tom's coming back." And he said, "That's great, but I'm going to sit on the sidelines, guys. You you all have fun." And I don't know if you guys have seen a picture of him lately, but he's starting to get shredded. He's he's one of those offensive linemen that's going to retire, slim down, and just get mm. shredded. It's it's pretty impressive, actually. <laughs> it's um, really amazing, actually. Offensive linemen get so much slimmer, yeah, once they retire, and running backs all of a sudden show up and they look like <laughs> offensive linemen in two years. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. R- running backs start to look like me towards the end of my last career. Um, so, but but like you said, they did a really good job of filling in the gaps, right? Shaq Mason has has some some experience, and you know, again, everybody made a big deal about his PFF grade, which. You know, some people really take stock in, some don't, but uh, it is what it is. The team obviously feels like he can be a contributor. Aaron Stinney uh, is a guy that people don't know probably as much as Alex Kappa, who left for the Bengals. But when Alex got injured in the, during the Super Bowl run, Aaron Stinney is the guy that filled in uh, and, and did a great job for the Buccaneers. So there's a lot of confidence there. Um, and then, like you said, the, the second round pick, the draft or the uh, for the depth, Robert Hainsey coming into his second year, and then Ryan Jensen. Uh, the big concern, honestly, if I have to look at this offensive line isn't even so much the gaps that they had to fill. I'm pretty confident Aaron Stinney. I like what Shaq Mason brings to the team. Honestly, it's Donovan Smith. Donovan Smith, the left tackle, mm. struggled mightily early on in his career, and it really wasn't until they moved Ali Marpet over to that side of the field with him that he really kind of started to stabilize as a left tackle uh, for this team, and that's really what helped him kind of help protect Tom Brady's blind side, which I know typically, again, like you said, up the middle is where you want to pressure Tom, but I think most teams will just kind of get it where they can. I'm wondering if Donovan Smith is now capable. I mean, I'm not saying he's not. It's just we we haven't seen him really have a good season without Allie to his right side. So with Aaron Stinney there now, you can't expect Aaron to really pick up a whole lot of slack for Donovan. Is Donovan ready to go out there without maybe a, a Pro Bowl caliber running mate right next to him? That's going to be the qu- big question for us. That's a great point about Donovan Smith. He scared me since coming out of Penn State, to be honest with you. And I also think having Brady as his quarterback has made his life a lot easier. Yeah. But just sticking with the trenches, it looks like JPP and Sue will not return. Yeah. Um, I know they're up in age. I know they're not the superstars they once were. But, boy, they played a lot of snaps. I mean, they were inning eaters on that D-line. Yeah. And I love the Jordan Hicks pick up this late, but I don't know that he can handle that kind of workload. Yeah, JPP is a guy that really from the end of the regular season, I don't know that anybody really expected him to come back. I mean, he's, he's a presence that everybody loves. His energy uh, is amazing and everything. But from a production standpoint, you can just kind of see the more Joe Tryon Schwenka, the, the 2021 first-round pick, got on the field, the more you kind of see that his athleticism, even though he doesn't have the experience, the athleticism 
was really kind of starting to overtake with JPP and just the health is starting to wane uh, and everything else. And Dominican Sue was really the big one. Everybody wanted to see Dominican Sue back. I don't think there's a, there's a player on the roster or in the trenches that didn't want to see uh, Big 93 coming back. The question was essentially always going to be about money. At least that's what it appears to be on the outside. Uh, Akeem Hicks signing for essentially the money that everybody expected Sue would probably want, but Akeem did it in a much team friend, a much more team friendly uh, way than we assume. And Dominic Sue probably would want about nine million guaranteed. Akeem gets about eight nine million depending on how many games he plays, but a lot of that is deferred in void years. This year he only counts for a little bit more than two million, which essentially leaves the door open for Ox's new contract. Where are we at on the injury front? Because there was uh, some injuries that were both nagging and some major on the roster last year that I think hurt the Bucks' chances. And uh, oh. most of those players are still back on the roster. So what are we talking about with Godwin and some guys in the secondary? Is there an ex- expectation that everyone's going to be ready to go week one? Yeah, it looks like everybody's healthy except for Chris Godwin, basically. And, and you mentioned the big losses down the stretch. Tristan Wirfs uh, was injured during the playoffs, and it was just the, the most ir- irony in, in the time or to get snake bitten by the injury bug because the offensive line essentially was one of the healthiest units in football leading into the postseason. And then as soon as you get to the postseason, Tristan Wirfs uh, goes down with an ankle injury, and you can almost point to that injury uh, as a major reason why they struggled so much against the, the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Chris Godwin obviously is a huge piece. Uh, Cyril Grayson Jr. actually recently went on the Pew Report podcast, a local uh, blog site, media site for down in Tampa. And when he was asked uh, what, who's, who's a guy on the roster that's going to surprise people this year, he actually said Chris Godwin. And he said that he thinks that people are going to be really surprised with how fast uh, Chris comes back from his injury. Hmm. said he heard, so this isn't, you know, Cyril didn't uh, witness it, but he heard uh, that, that Chris had actually gotten up to 19 miles per hour running uh, quote unquote the other day so again that's not cutting it's not planting there's no double moves you know what I mean it's it's straight line running you assume on a treadmill with some sort of support system uh, but still the fact that Chris Godwin is running 19 miles per hour in June uh, is very very promising early on and he is the biggest piece health wise uh, that the Bucks need to figure out I will say Russell Gage is a very Tom friendly Tom Brady friendly option though I like that pickup yeah, absolutely. And Russell, you know, he's a guy, and, and this is kind of my, my uh, call it pessimistic side, maybe a uh, disaster theory side of me. Uh, Russell is, he's missed some snaps in, in workouts and OTAs because of quote unquote soreness. I mean, again, there's no official injury reports. Obviously, you guys know that. Uh, but, you know, it's it's kind of, it's kind of just one of those things. It's kind of a nagging feeling. It's like, okay, let's see, you know, does he participate in the mandatory mini camps uh, later on? Does and, and is it something that bleeds into training camp? The team is saying it won't bleed into training camp, which of course is what you want them uh, to say. But at this point in time, they really don't have to say anything other than that anyway. Uh, because again, if Chris can't, you know, even if he comes back early, early could be early October, and that's earlier than most people expect. Uh, but Russell Gage is expected to fill uh, a huge role, like you said, in, in that kind of AB role. That's what everybody wants to equate it to, right? Is that sure, AB role sure. without the threat of a half naked, you know, somersaulting off the field, <laughs> amongst other things? Yeah. yeah. If everyone stays clothed and healthy, yeah. it'll be a good situation. <laughs> but if not, like, so it, there's a, you know, it's kind of a nightmare scenario, I guess. If it's Mike Evans and everybody else, who would be the everybody else? I know there's a lot of fans of Tyler Johnson. He has yeah. really made a huge impact, uh, mid round guy. Then last year, Jalen Darden, sort of a, you know, smaller, um, uh, speed guy, yeah, yeah speed guy. Uh, yeah. Is, is there anybody else that is like sort of a secret star on offense that could help those guys out if the injury bug continues to bite? I mean, Scotty Miller, you know, supp- uh, per- oh, yeah. possibly. I mean, Green Bay Packers fans know who Scotty Miller is from the NFC Championship game, but he has battled injury pretty much. I mean, even in that time, he was actually banged up uh, and has really battled injury ever since, and it really hasn't been able to. Uh, to, to leverage his connection with Tom. Tom loves him, and, and he hasn't really been able to leverage that connection into 
uh, real world production and development because of those injuries. But all reports out of OTAs and everything say he looks really healthy, probably healthier than he's looked in the last couple of years. Uh, and that's incredibly encouraging. Tyler Johnson, you know, came in last year uh, a little overweight. Bruce Arians kind of publicly slammed him for coming in a little bit un- unfit, unprepared uh, for camp. Took him a little while to kind of really get going. So there are some people that kind of expect him to have a huge bounce back year, but then it's kind of still, you know, did he really learn that lesson? If he did, I mean, he's got all the talent in the world uh, to go ahead and capitalize from those opportunities. And Cyril Grayson, again, talking about uh, him, talking about Chris Godwin. He's the guy that really started to come on for the Buccaneers in, in, a, in a big stretch during the offseason or during the postseason and late regular season, but then he got hurt himself. Uh, so coming back healthy. And then Brashad Perryman, I mean, a lot of people kind of forget what Brashad Perryman did a couple of years ago when Mike Evans was banged up and Chris Godwin was banged up. But Brashad Perryman has a very good track record in this Buccaneers offense, not the Ravens offense, not the Lions offense. Right, right. This Bucks offense fits Brashad Perryman really well. And I mean, so I, I like what the Bucs have wide receiver wise. Uh, if Chris Godwin can't go, if Russell Gage's injury turns out to be a nagging one, not saying they're the best in the NFC, but I could make the argument they're the best in the NFC South. More to come with David Harrison, the host of Locked on Bucks and Locked on Commanders. We'll talk Washington as well momentarily, but a few more things, especially fantasy related questions I've got for David uh, that, that pertain to our Locked on Dynasty League as well with the running back situation with those Buccaneers. Uh, But first, I want to let the folks out there know about Blue Nile. Uh, If you are looking for that special gift for that special someone in your life, BlueNile.com will help you celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. And the great thing about BlueNile.com is they will help you with your purchase. When I go make a purchase like this, I always need all kinds of help. And whether it's by phone or by chat, and by the way, 24-7 chat available at BlueNile.com, someone is there to walk you through the process and find that perfect gift for that special someone. Whether you're ready to pop the question or celebrating that milestone moment Uh, or buying something for mom. Find something as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from Blue Nile and very special offer. Peacock and Williamson listeners will get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This is a podcast exclusive, including engagement as well. So use code locked on. Again, that is code locked on for that special $50 off plus Every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's pretty much impossible to find all the parts you need at your local chain auto parts store. So that's why you go to RockAuto.com, as I did last week when a piece of my car came flying off on the highway. Uh, I'm not going to go pay 30%, 50%, 100% more for the same part at a local chain store that they probably don't have in stock and they got to order and maybe they don't even order the right thing for me. Uh, you go to a car dealership, I'm spending hundreds of dollars, labor, everything else. I go to rockauto.com. Thank God they are a sponsor of this podcast and I knew about rockauto.com because I went, found that Fender Flare. It was super easy to find. They had an amazing selection, the exact part I needed. It even had the rivets that came with it. I was able to pop off the old one, pop the new one back on and I was rolling $40. That's all it costs, $40. I thought it was going to be out hundreds of dollars, but thanks to Rock Auto, that was a much cheaper repair that I didn't even realize I was going to be able to do myself. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, 
jumper cables, even new carpet for your interior. You can find it at rockauto.com with prices that are always reliably low for every customer. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. We have a special favor to ask of you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. So this is your opportunity to tell us what you like and what you don't about any of your favorite Locked On podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. You could even win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. So again, audience survey, go to lockedonpodcast.com slash survey and thank you very much for your help i'm sure there won't be any negative comments about peacock and williamson or locked on buccaneers or locked on commanders i mean you are a busy man david pulling double duty we'll get to the commanders in a second but can you clear up what's going on with the running back position because we thought a couple years ago there was a was a second or third round running back right that was drafted and we thought okay well here's the guy to own probably in dynasty leagues that didn't really happen is it going to happen right. this time? We got faked out the first time. What's that running back <laughs> percentage going to look like as, as far as touches this year? And um, is the rookie the guy to own long-term in those dynasty leagues? Yeah, that's that's to be determined. I mean, Leonard Fournette is a clear you know number one running back there in Tampa and has been really for the last season and a half. He kind of overtook Ronald Jones in the kind of the back half of the 2020 uh, season, regular season into the playoffs with the birth of playoff Lenny, Lombardi Lenny, and all those fun things that we got going on uh, with the Buccaneers. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, yeah, I mean, he came in, you know, and there was a lot of excitement about him. Obviously, you know, you guys know as well as, as I do, you know, your third round pick, you're not you're not drafting him to to be a, a fully developmental guy. I mean, obviously, he's going to need some development, right? But you're expecting him to be a contributor at some point down the road. Well, this year they go third round, they get Rashad White out of Arizona State, and uh, kind of wish I was wearing my ASU shirt. I'm, I'm an ASU grad, uh, alum of Arizona State, there, so you know, I have some bias towards Rashad, but. All bias aside, I mean, the guy looks like a three-down back. Uh, I talked to Herm Edwards uh, shortly after the NFL draft, and he said Captain America, which is what he calls Tom Brady, uh, is going to love Rashad White, and he's going to bring everything uh, that he wants in him. I think Rashad White is the guy to own in dynasty leagues, and uh, you know, hopefully hopefully Brian doesn't use that against me here pretty soon in the rookie draft <laughs> that we do. Um, hey, Williamson might be jumping in on the Locked On Dynasty League as well with one of those open spots. He wants there you it. Go. I I've told the listeners, and I'm going to tell you both, since you're both in the league, be careful what you wish for. You may not be happy about that in the end when I get all your money. Just hey, saying. listen, I, I came <laughs> with a very clear strategy on how to build my dynasty team, and it has not gone well at all. I, I definitely regret what I It's the slow build. It's the slow yeah, build. I did go for a little bit of a slow build. It's just a little slower than I expected. But, uh, you know, it's hard to say right now 100%, but I do expect Rashad White to take over RB2 duties giovanni bernard is still going to get some of his work i think as well but i think rashad white is going to come in and prove uh that he's every bit as advertised and one of these running backs that an nfl team is going to find in the middle you know early middle part of the middle part of the draft uh and turn into a, a legitimate contributor i don't know that you know if i get him in our dynasty league i don't know that i'll be starting him on a regular basis but definitely a guy to to, to hold on to long term if you're in that situation so bp i don't mean to speak from you for you and i know this was going to get confusing but were you talking about the Washington backfield or the T-Bay backfield? Because they both applied with that question. That's that's true. That's true. I realized that halfway through the question. I was talking about Keyshawn Vaughn and, and the Buccaneers. Okay, okay. And, and yeah, and some of those. I thought you were talking about Brian Robinson. 
but yeah, that that's another that's another great question, and oh. we, we could definitely turn the page there. Uh, how about the how about the Washington backfield? What's that looking like? Who's who's the guy to own there? And so I don't. I mean, I I don't want to snipe two running backs from you in our dynasty draft in our dynasty rookie draft, but uh, Robinson is that the guy? Because uh, Gibson's got a lot of fans, and and yeah. he's got a lot of talent. So uh, I would be surprised. It's a little if frustrating took, though. Yeah, I would. T- I would be surprised yeah, if you fight that, but some people think that he will. Yeah, I mean, Antonio Gibson, you know, the the greatest thing that ha- happened to Antonio Gibson on a kind of an individual level and in his his stock, I guess, in the public eye uh, is, is Taylor Heineke because Antonio Gibson very quietly helped lead running backs in the National Football League in fumbles and and some very critical fumbles down there. I mean, honestly, you can go back to that Los Angeles Chargers game and almost hang that first loss of the season on Antonio Gibson, to be to be quite honest with you. Um, I love AG. I love what he brings to the field, and I love what, he, what we've seen out of, out of OTAs. Uh, so far, I'll be back there on Wednesday this week to see even more. J.D. McKissick coming back is huge. Jarrett Patterson still continues to look really good. I'm a little bit concerned the addition of Brian Robinson Jr. is going to kind of hinder his opportunities and develop a little bit. But Brian Robinson Jr. also looks every bit the part of a potential three-down back moving uh, into the future. I think Washington, if you're looking for like 2022 rookie running back uh, to own for like one season, Brian Robinson, I think, is the better flyer because I think Washington intends to use a little bit more of a mixture and once Brian kind of shows a little bit of what he can do, uh, both in both between the tackles on the perimeter and as a receiver, I think he's going to get a little bit more play than people are expecting right now. Keyshawn uh, Vaughn, I wouldn't draft him at all, to be honest with you. Um, Rashad White, I still think Leonard Fournette is going to be the guy in Tampa. And, and and between Rashad and between Gio and maybe a little bit of Keyshawn, you're going to get a little bit of, of burn. Uh, so short term, I'd go Brian Robinson. Long term, I'd go Rashad White. So back to Washington's backfield, David, I'm curious you agree with me because Gibson is immensely talented, but we can't forget he was much, much more receiver than running back in college. And that wasn't that long ago. And I get the impression that the coaches don't feel like he does the little, you know, hit the correct hole, get four when four is blocked and, you know, protection and things like that. And you would think he's an extremely good receiver, and frankly, I think he is. Mm-hmm. I just think he's stuck behind an elite receiving back in McKissick. Yeah, I mean, I like J.D. McKissick as a receiver out of the backfield better than I like A.G. Like, yeah, I agree yeah. with you there. Uh, and Antonio's pass blocking does have some, you know, leave some things to to, to be desired at, at times. And I think that's another reason they brought in Brian Robinson Jr. But I think another reason is uh, they watched Peyton Barber, you know, walk out the door. They didn't, they didn't release him. They just didn't re-sign him, and he ends up going elsewhere. It didn't blow the roof off anybody else either oh you know where i think it ended up with the raiders for a period of time uh, but what they did miss last year was kind of that that bowling ball ish type of running back there uh in in certain situations and there were key situations again during some close games i think i think back to the green bay packers game even the kansas city chiefs game that if they can grind out some first downs with more of a power set uh type of, of attack offensive attack then maybe they can come out with some wins uh in those games brian robinson will allow them to do that it'll also take some pressure off of ag as the primary ball carrier, which they think led to some of those uh, injury concerns and led to some of those fumbles, maybe some fatigue. He does get loose with the ball when he gets tired. Uh, Sometimes that's something that he continues to work on. But uh, again, those are all reasons, right? If he doesn't continue to develop those, those are all reasons that Brian Robinson may be able to eat in uh, to some of those snaps. And then, um, you know, I I expect to see some dual back sets this year, more than we saw last year. And I think you're going to see AG and Brian Robinson in the backfield together to line up, try to fill that box. And then you move AG uh, either you know pre-snap or, or right after the snap uh, to to move the defense a little bit, and sometimes Antonio's going to get the ball, sometimes Brian's going to get the ball. 
All right, we're going to finish up with David Harrison next, talking commanders, the wide receiver position. If uh, the draft pick of Jahan Dotson was setting the stage for future roster movement Mm -hmm. in Washington, and if that defense is going to become the defense in 2022 that we thought was going to be there in 2021 but i want to let the folks know first about bet online and you can bet on those commanders you can bet on those bucks to win the super bowl if you want tons of nfl futures individual stats uh, you know certain players sack numbers passing yardage rushing yardage a ton of props and futures at bet online for the nfl even though there's uh, still quite a few months before that nfl season gets going at bet online your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information find all the latest sports developments news odds including not only nfl futures but nba basketball nhl conference finals major league baseball all summer long all types of fighting news mma ufc and boxing bet online your continued source for all that sports wagering but information as well live betting esports vegas casino games and more so get over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at bet online where the game starts. David, was the draft pick of Jahan Dotson, that was an interesting one, kind of moving down in round one, then drafting Jahan Dotson, was that signified? This is after, you know, they they had a nice little pick, I think, in Diami Brown last Mm -hmm. year as well. Is there maybe at least the thought that they might not be able to get a deal done with Terry McLaurin, or is this just to go along with Terry McLaurin and try to, you know, have, have the most dynamic receiving core you can? Right. Yeah, I think I think the, the selection of Jahan Dotson was much more about Curtis Samuel uh, than it was about Terry McLaurin. I think Curtis Samuel's injuries and his situation, uh, you know, again, are, you know, even even uh, going back to draft time, all reports, quote unquote, were that he was looking healthy. He was feeling good uh, and all those things. But the team hadn't seen him. You know what I mean? And he hadn't been in the building and, and they hadn't been able to see him cut or do any of those things. And we kind of talked about this a lot leading up to the draft that, you know, some people. Uh, like kind of take, you know, take the assumptions like we think this is what's going to happen on our roster and then draft based off of that. Some kind of look at it and say, here's what we know we have. Let's draft based off that. I prefer that method. Draft off of what you know and then move forward from there. And then if you get something you didn't know you had before, that's even better. So for me, when you look at Curtis Samuel, you basically don't have a receiver in Curtis Samuel because even when he was on the field, uh, very limited, he wasn't really all that healthy and wasn't able to do much tight end position. Logan Thomas was essentially a non-factor once he got injured, so you don't have him. So if you kind of look there, and then again, going to the running back position, you don't have that three-down back. You don't have that guy that can come through in short yardage and impact the passing game. And if you look at what the Washington Commanders did offensively, they addressed every single one of those uh, positions and every single one of those needs. Now that Curtis Samuel looks healthy and looks like he's really bouncing back from that injury, once you get Terry McLaurin signed and you bring him back onto the field, you have a very dynamic unit. De'Ami Brown... Part of it probably was quarterback situation as well, you know what I mean, but didn't really kind of flash as much as you wanted to see during his rookie year, even for a third rounder uh, this year, hoping to see a little bit more out of him. Honestly, he's he's kind of uh, in a bad situation because everybody's watching Carson, then you're watching Jahan, and then Cole Turner, the rookie out of Nevada, is, is just is wowing people on an almost daily basis as well as John Bates. So he hasn't been able to flash as much during the early part of OTAs, but you guys know there's plenty of time uh, for him to show his growth here in year two. Yeah, very well said, and I – they have a lot of contingency plans now if the top weapons don't work out at all those right. positions. But if they do, they have a wealth of talent. And you mentioned the quarterback situation. I think we have to bring up Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's hindsight involved here. But do you think they have a little bit of buyer's regret on Wentz when you look at it and say, we gave up two third-round picks for 
you know, a talented guy and we know his story. But, you know, again, there's hindsight here, but we're sitting here early June and you could get Baker or Jimmy at much, much less of a cost, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, potentially, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if both, you know, Martin Mayhew and Ron Rivera kind of say that they, you know, they have their guy and they're not paying attention to what else is happening now, how much of that you believe and how much that you buy is, is kind of, you know, that's kind of going to determine the answer there. But Ron Rivera is a very, he's a very, uh, he's a man of conviction. You know what I mean? So when he says something, he typically means it. And I, I can believe that he basically doesn't allow himself to kind of go, what if, and what if we had waited a couple of weeks? There's nothing to gain Uh, by it. Right. right, Exactly. Um, but I know they like what they have in Carson. You know what I mean? He he just recently, uh, Coach Rivera just recently compared him to Philip Rivers back when Coach uh, was in San Diego and Philip was coming up with the San Diego Chargers. And as far as like intelligence and his ability to understand the playbook and and watching them just kind of on the side, they have they seem to have a very good rapport. You know, um, I think with Carson Wentz, if you take away some of the personality driven issues that he's had with with some of these reports and some of these teams and and even with Jim Irsay. I think what you're left with from a raw player standpoint is, is still very solid and definitely an upgrade over anything they had previously. And I would even say, you know, last year there's a lot of excitement surrounding the offense with what Ryan Fitzpatrick might be able to do. I would argue that Carson Wentz is even an upgrade over what maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, could have done. I actually just wrote that for Sports oh, Illustrated. Yeah. Um, so if you look at it from that standpoint, right, then you have an upgrade not only over Taylor, but over what they would have had if they got what they wanted last year as well. So you feel pretty good about that standpoint now. The unfortunate part, right, is this isn't Madden. Personalities matter. So if Carson Wentz's personality doesn't mesh with the guys in the building, then that could become a problem. But as of right now, which, you know, very, very early in the process, not even 10 full practices into it, uh, they seem to be getting along pretty well. I love that they took a a shot on Hal, too. I know it was late. It probably will never turn into anything, but it might. Yeah, no, I love Sam Howell. I, from from a value standpoint, like you said, fifth round draft pick. I, I talked to Coach Longo out of North Carolina. Uh, he's he's uh, stumped as to why Sam even lasted past the too. second round. All these other things in the work ethic, but Sam is out there and he's ripping the ball. I mean, honestly, and again, you know, uh, I hate to say, you know, it's, it's not a shot at Taylor. It's just kind of is what it is. You can see the arm talent difference between Carson and Taylor very obviously, and you can see the arm talent difference between Sam and Taylor as well. So once Sam has an opportunity, learn the playbook, get some real world snaps. Uh, even if they're just camp or preseason snaps, I think you're going to see that there is some potential there. Even if he's, you know, never the the Super Bowl winning starter in the NFL, I think he has the potential to have a very solid career. Yeah, at that point in the fifth round, you're going to take a flyer on Sam Howell. It's yeah. a fantastic yeah. fit there. Um, where is Chase Young now in his development going into year three? And with all the talent that the Washington football team has up front, all those first mm-hmm. rounders, four straight years, you got to uh, – Allen and Payne and Sweat and Young, uh, first round linebacker in Jamin Davis back there as well. Um, some talent on the back end, although that might be where things could falter. But maybe, I don't know, David, maybe you like the secondary more than I do. Is, is this defense finally going to be that defense we thought was going to show up and be uh, potentially a powerhouse last year? You know, I don't know that the defense is going to reach like top five levels of, of NFL defenses. I think that's where a lot of people kind of expected them to go. I was kind of on the side. I kind of felt like that was a little bit uh, overshot, right? I was kind of more of like a top 15 guy, like be a top 15 defense. And I think uh, that's that was more realistic. And I think this year uh, for me, that's going to be kind of the same expectations is try to get to get get to where you can sniff what everybody thought you were. Uh, last year, and, and like you said, getting Chase Young back on the field is is going to be a big part of that. But Fedaria Mathis, the second round pick uh, out of Alabama, I'll tell you what, guys. I mean, and and I, I'm not a scout, you know what I mean. I'm not even a former scout. Like I didn't do a whole lot of of tape study on Fedaria Mathis, and uh, of course by that I mean YouTube study on Fedaria Mathis. But what I did know about him and what I read 
uh, from the from those who do the scouting stuff in, 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 the, in the NFL world is run stuff, right? I basically expected a big block eater, space eater, run stuff and type of guy. That dude moves uh, a lot better than I expected him to. And I almost wonder, I mean, again, right now, no pads, uh, but he's getting through the lines, getting around people. He's getting over people. Um, he, he looks like to be a guy that has a lot of tools, more tools than I expected. And with Deron Payne, I don't want to say holding out because it's a voluntary period, right? But not participating in team drills right now, trying to get a new contract. He's getting a lot of very valuable reps with the ones playing next to Jonathan Allen. And now the Montez Sweat is back on the field. So I like what they're doing up front. The reason I never really got on board with elite defense is because to me, you have to have a stud at every level in order to even talk about having uh, an elite defense. While they have a lot of first round uh, you know, picks uh, dedicated to the defensive line. I don't see a stud in in the linebacker group. I like Cole Holcomb. I just I don't I wouldn't put him among you know the best off ball linebackers in the NFL. The secondary I don't see a stud outside of maybe Cam Curl and even him. Sometimes I feel like the scheme maybe kind of limits what he can do. But even you know Bobby McCain, William Jackson the third maybe a stud like potential right. But I, I haven't seen it with Washington quite yet. So again for me the 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 objective for them is is like top fifteen. If you can get top fifteen and Carson Wentz can get 22 points out of this offense per game, you're going to be in a lot of games this year. That's So that's my expectations. Really, my last thing for you is we kind of glanced over Jamin Davis last year's first-round mm-hmm. pick, and I know he didn't take the world by – you know, he didn't go crazy his rookie year. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these highly drafted linebackers don't anymore. I mean, it's really hard to come in at that position because you get manipulated so much. But are you worried about him? Uh I'm I'm worried about the investment, right? So yeah. again, Jamin is a, guy a second round was, pick. You wouldn't care, but if he's a right, player, yeah, right, a second right. or third round guy, just kind of is what it is, right? But when he was drafted last year, it was kind of a okay, you know, I, I got it. I mean, uh, JOK was was more of a, of a of a guy that we were kind of eyeballing, and it looks like again, you you never know what like just because somebody's doing well with this team doesn't mean they'll do well with the other. So it's it's hard to transpose those two things, but you kind of see what he's what he's kind of doing, flashing, and kind of like man, that would be nice to have on this Washington roster. Uh, I didn't have, you know, the, the greatest expectations for Jamin in, in the first place. So kind of what's happening isn't really a total surprise. Uh, last time we were out at OTAs, he was getting mixed reps. He was on the field with the ones, but then David Mayo was coming in on the field with ones. And then you saw David and Jamin both on the field with the twos as well. Whereas the week prior, you, it was basically Jamin exclusively with the ones David was running with the two. So now on Wednesday, this third week of OTAs really want to see if that balance shifts anymore. If David maybe overtakes him a little bit, or if, I mean, uh, you know, haven't helped the 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 Washington coverage world if David Mayo is exclusively getting ones and Jamin is running with the twos. <laughs> but you know, that's something that we're definitely watching for. And and you guys know too. I mean, some of that is is health dispersion, just getting used to other guys. And so it's you don't want to read too much into anything. But it definitely looks like Jamin is not you know uh, stenciled. And there, there's nobody, there's no magnet with his name already printed on. It. He's probably got pencil on it somewhere. But we'll see. I mean, you know, never say never, but again, to me, it was a little bit of an overreach anyway. So I'm not hundred percent surprised with how it's, how it's gone. Putting you on the spot here, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Washington commanders, what place respectively do they finish in their divisions? Is there anybody that worries you at all in the South with, uh, with the Bucks? Yeah. I mean, I think the Bucks win the NFC South. I think the saints are, are a, a sneaky competitive team. I mean, not only just against the Buccaneers head to head, but you know, look, I, I might be alone, you know, or at least in the minority, but I think Jameis Winston, his smarter brand of football that he was showing before he got injured last season, I think it's real. I think it's it's something that he's going to cling to and something that he's going to try to build on. And they did a good job of getting him more weapons. I think that defense is a little bit underrated in New Orleans. So, I mean, I don't I don't sleep on New Orleans, especially with the the, the schedule uh, that the Buccaneers are facing. The Saints have, an, have a pretty uh, close to equal 
uh, difficulty in schedule as well. But I'm not sleeping on the Saints. I think they're going to be competitive. I think they're at least going to be in the playoff hunt towards the end of the year if uh, health allows them to be. But I do think the Buccaneers still win the NFC South. And then in the East, it's it's tough, man. I mean, it's it's so it's so tough. But I think right now I have to have Washington third. Uh, I do have the Eagles first. I don't have I have the Dallas Cowboys second, and then Daniel Jones and the New York Giants very, very far behind and forth. Yep, that's the same order I had them in when we talked to Patricia from Locked On Giants, and yeah. and I like the I like the direction. I think the Giants have turned a corner. Right, uh, you still got to see it, and they still got to figure out the quarterback thing. And, and who knows, maybe it's still Daniel Jones. But um, yeah, it's going to be a fun division because I think everyone got a little bit better, or at least um, the 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 teams at the bottom closed the gap yeah. on the Cowboys at the top. Right. Absolutely. So yeah. I think it got tighter for sure. I mean, it's going to be more competitive. It's I think one, two and three, I think it's, it's going to be a series of a uh, series here. Uh, you know, a fumble there. That's going to really determine how this thing shakes out. Absolutely. Good stuff. That is David Harrison. You can find him on Twitter at D Harrison 82, find him writing about the bucks, find him writing about, uh, Washington, and of course, find him podcasting about both of those teams right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. David, appreciate the time today. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.